Welcome to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. We are Nottingham's leading youth mental health and loneliness charity, releasing content on the first of every month. Please follow and subscribe on your podcast app so that you never miss an episode. Hi and welcome to Chatterbox. This week we're joined by Josh from the Audible's Foundation and we're going to chat through his experience with the charity as well as all things wellbeing and mental health. Section one is always Chatterbox where we ask some random questions based around Nottingham and hopefully Josh will be able to think of some good answers off the top of his head as we go through. Question one, what is your favourite green space? So I live around the city centre, so I like going for a little wander up to the cafes in the Arboretum. Um, just have a little wander around there. It's always good throughout the year. In the summer, obviously, it gets a lot of attraction for uni students around there, but in the winter, it's nice for a little brisk walk as well. So that's probably my favourite place in Nottingham at the moment to have a little dander around. Nice. Any favourite cafe that you like to go to? We have got a preference. Um, so I play for Nottingham Rugby as well, and we have a, a club sponsor of 200 Degrees. So uh, we like heading down... Uh, as a team before games, just down to 200 degrees and get a little pre-game coffee. So um, that's always a go-to every week as well. Maybe a couple of times a week if we're lucky. couple of times a week? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> what would be your coffee of choice? I'm quite simple. Flat white's normally my go-to, but um, in the summer I might mix it up a little bit to a nice latte or something like that. But flat white's the standard, really. So. Standard flat white. Good yeah. to know the next time. If anyone yeah. sees Josh out and about, standard flat white from 200 degrees. Good to go. know. What do you miss the most when you are travelling out of Nottingham? Nottingham's a big, busy city, so it's probably that aspect. So I live originally from Sussex, so quite a, quite a long way away down south. So probably the business of the city, um, there's a lot going on there. A lot of different businesses, lots of different people to mix with. Um, I also went to uni here myself. So, you know, it's kind of just the whole kind of atmosphere around the city, uh, the people around it as well. Cool, that's good to know. What would you say is a hidden gem in Nottingham? Or... That's a hard one. I would potentially say the nightlife, maybe. Oh. The nightlife, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a bit of experience with that in my time um, from being a uni student. So um, it's always good, just a good crack in the evenings when, whenever there's a lot of uni students here. Probably, I think that's the, the facts of figures like over 200,000 uni students from Nottingham Trent and Uni of Nottingham. So yeah. one in eight adults in Nottingham City is a student. Is it? Is that what the stats are? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so... It's always good, you know, to go out and socialise, whether it's, you know, just a couple of casual ones in the week um, from my time as a uni student or, you know, maybe a bit bigger on the weekend, maybe. But yeah, I, I enjoy this kind of social aspect um, of the evenings in the week as well. It's lots of nice places to go for food and drink. If someone was new to Nottingham, what's the one place you would say they had to go to? I would say Woolerton Park. And why Woolerton Park? It's just, in terms of Nottingham, you know, I talk about being a big city and stuff, but Somewhere a little bit outside and something you wouldn't expect to be in the city or around the city centre is Woolerton. And I think it's just a real nice place to go. Um, obviously, got a bit de- a few deers there and yeah. different nice coffee shops in there as well. So definitely get out to Woolerton Park, have a little wander around there, 100%. So, Josh, you work for the Oddballs Foundation. For anyone who has never heard of you, what is the Oddballs Foundation? Yep, so we're a registered charity which raises awareness for testicular cancer um, through the distribution of Check Yourself Guides um, and through kind of testicular cancer talks. It was founded in 2015 off the back of uh, a business called Myoballs. I don't know if you've heard of it. Myoballs is basically an underwear company which aims to produce loud, bright kind of underwear in order to raise a bit of awareness for testicular cancer. And the foundation 
the registered charity kind of flowed off the back of that um, around two years later. It's all about testicular cancer awareness, uh, encouraging self-check and breaking down stigmas associated with testicular cancer. And is this for all male or anyone who identifies as male? It's not actually just, for, we, we really encourage it. it's for both genders. So obviously um, a big part, whenever we go to do talks in schools and businesses, um, it's about encouraging everyone to be involved in the talks because obviously, you know, even though the illness is primarily affected men in terms of having testicles, it also affects other genders as well. For instance, it could be a partner, uh, a friend, a family member who gets the illness. So it's we kind of really encourage this education uh, throughout the whole population, really. Sounds great. And what do you do as part of the charity? My official title is uh, Regional Ambassador Manager. So the programme has 50 university students on the University Ambassador Programme all over the country, um, all over the UK. And the aim of this programme is to basically, for our ambassadors, to go around, give, uh, deliver free testicular cancer talks within schools, businesses, colleges, distribute our Check Yourself guys, and also fundraise for the foundation. My role there is managing uh, the ambassadors around the country. Great perk of being an ambassador is you get a free car, uh, free bright car. I don't know if you've Ooh. seen them around. Have you seen them around at all? No, I haven't. I'll, I'll show you a picture. Or you can have a look online after. But we basically have real bright, vibrant cars, which are driven around by our ambassadors, basically to create that conversation, that talking point around testicular cancer. So my day-to-day role is running the ambassador programme alongside another colleague. And so with going into schools and raising awareness, what are some of your key things that you're, as a charity, trying to push into this year that you want to see happen or grow? Um, It's just all about education and encouraging the conversation. So we have an aim this year of completing over 700 testicular cancer talks across the country and reach over 125,000 people through these. So really it's about breaking down stigmas. That's our main main kind of point, breaking down stigmas, creating a conversation within society, within schools, and kind of just getting talking points around the foundation and around testicular cancer itself. Amazing. So what does a typical day for an ambassador look like? Our ambassadors are all university students. So obviously each day for them will be different. We have medical students, we have uh, people just on degrees on placement so in terms of a talk day what they'll do is they'll basically we'll put them in contact or they'll organize a school talk themselves as part of their role and a typical day would look like for them is driving to a school um maybe delivering a whole school assembly from a whole school assembly down to year group assemblies maybe even classroom talks and these can take our talks are 20 minutes long um 15 to 20 minutes long and have a bit of room for like q and a's as well so they're quite short, but they're really engaging as well. Mm. So for an ambassador, it's basically a day would be kind of fitting in around their university schedule. So normally you you get maybe a, a morning assembly. So it's only 20 minutes out of their day and kind of fits really well within their university schedules as well. So in terms of an ambassador's day, it would kind of fit around their schedule. So it's, it's kind of very different from ambassador to ambassador. But in terms of the talks they do, it's... Um, driving to a school, delivering a talk. Um, it might be one talk, it might be five talks a day. So it varies. And then a lot of your typical day is then managing all of that, I imagine. Yeah, so I... Making I, sure everyone can get to where they want to go. So there's a lot of emails associated with it in terms of organising school talks. Alongside that, I'll still go and deliver talks myself. But because of the charities only was founded in 2015, 2016, it's quite a young charity still. Mm. So we have a lot of quite cool things we do, um, whether it's coming onto podcasts like this or going into businesses or for instance we went to Nottingham Panthers the other month as well we have lots of little quite cool things that come up um, which are a bit different a bit out of the box so yeah it it varies but day-to-day is uh, emails organization 
delivering talks myself and really along those lines really yeah so what kind of got you started with working with the charity was there a particular reason behind it or was it just something that you really saw the benefit of sharing the message and what the charity was yeah trying to do? i've got quite a good story in terms of coming into um how i kind of got involved with the foundation so as i said i was a nottingham trent student myself um back i was a fresher in 2019 i think um and the role kind of the ambassador program is only five years old, so it was in its second or third year uh, when I was a fresher and was actually my first team rugby captain who got the job um, back in 2019. And unfortunately, he passed away suddenly. Um, yeah, very sad story. He passed away suddenly in uh, the back end of 2019. And so the role kind of carried on from that um, and someone needed to take over it uh, in 2020. So I, I applied for it, thought I'll try and carry on his legacy a little bit, uh, got the role. And so I was an ambassador myself for a year. And then from that last year, uh, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to work full time for the charity. So it kind of comes on from there, really. So kind of probably a university student taking over my friend's legacy and then basically becoming an ambassador myself and then into the managerial role that way. So quite a nice pathway in terms of how I found myself within the foundation and where I am now. And I imagine your friend must be really proud that you've been able to do that yeah 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 so I'm, I'm still actually quite good friends with his parents so we have a lot of contacts a lot of the time so he was also played played rugby at the same uni and the same rugby club as me so i'm still quite close with his parents now um we we talk often and they always come down to the festival every year so yeah it's it's, it's good and it's kind of about carrying on that legacy of his really and it's a great way of doing it you've mentioned the festival is that something you've done since the beginning of the charity is that a new thing and when's the next one coming up the Oddballs foundation festival uh, the first one was actually two years ago in Newcastle, uh, Newcastle Falcon Stadium. So we had, I think it was 30 odd university teams, rugby teams, and it's a sevens festival originally. And every year we've kind of built on that. So last year was at Nottingham Rugby and we had 40 uh, university rugby teams participate in it. And this year it's at Nottingham Rugby again and we've got 32 men's teams, eight female rugby teams and 20 hockey teams. So we've kind of expanded a little bit more this year. And it's a real good festival. It's growing every year. Um, students love it. Uh, that's kind of our demographic. You know, testicular cancer affects 15 to 49 age range, roughly. So it's, our demographic is kind of students all the way up to parents' age. So it really targets that area where we want to target. And as I said, our ambassador programs focus on students anyway. So, yeah, it's a great way of just reaching out to people, getting everyone involved in a great day of kind of sport, really, and carrying on that conversation around testicular cancer and also awareness for the foundation as well. It does sound great. And I imagine... Even for people who are not so sporty, it's still a good fun day out. It's one of those where, you know, we get a lot of people just come along um, just to kind of watch anyway. So even though we have a lot of teams there, we encourage anyone to come down. It's a great day, just day out. We have lots of businesses coming down, um, companies, other charities come down on the day. So it's just a great day out in, in general. And hopefully the sun, sun will be out <laughs> and it'll be a bit warmer than it is today. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's for all really, all, all around uh, the local area. So if you're around the local area on the 27th of May, please come down to Nottingham Rugby. Well, so that kind of is a great entry point into chatting through the five ways to wellbeing. So one of the things that we want to do as part of this podcast is to encourage people in their own management of their wellbeing. And so the five ways to wellbeing are a really simple, easy tool that everyone can follow. Um, and the five ways are connect, 
active learning give and take notice so the whole idea of the festival is around connecting and yeah. activity so in your kind of personal life or work life how do you find managing connections and are there things that you do to help you feel a bit more connected to the people around you yeah so i work remotely from home so a lot of that is kind of online work um emails you know on the laptop sort of thing um so my best way to connect is just get out and about, whether it's a lunch break with my housemates or with a friend around Nottingham, just go for a coffee or something like that. Just break up your day, um, get outside because sometimes, you know, office-based work can be a bit enclosed and you kind of spend a lot of hours inside. So my connection would be with people getting outside, not just with people, with the environments around me as well. And that's normally just by going for a walk, going for a coffee with a friend, having a little catch up with someone. Uh, so that's how I like to connect with, with the world and with people when you know it can get quite you can get quite locked down with you know mm -hmm. with work Monday to Friday job so yeah that sounds really sensible particularly for working from home or even just in the office that regular breaks getting away from the screen yeah 100% sounds really sensible and is rugby still a big part of your active lifestyle or have you kind of found other things in ways that you can stay active rugby is a big part of my of my day-to-day role as well so it's pretty full-time it's a pretty full-time job as well so obviously I, I work for the foundation but my other job is, is rugby as well so it takes up a bit of quite a, quite a large commitment and that's why my my role with the foundation is so good because it's so flexible so it works well with my uh works well with my kind of sport kind of commitments as well so um in the off season I do like to get out and about so down south we have a lot of you know get I like to get on the in the sea on the paddle boards or in the lakes and the paddle boards down there so I, I'll do anything in terms of active. I'm quite a sporty <laughs> lad myself. So whether it's a bit of golf, a bit of off-season, a bit of golf, a bit of cricket maybe, or just get out and about for a walk or a run. Um, I'm quite an active person anyway, so yeah. Is there a team that you're rooting for in the current Six Nations tournament that's well, happening? Well, it's finished now. So well. the, the men's one's finished, but the women's is going. So um, England would be my first choice, obviously. I'm English, but my dad's got Scottish in him as well, so that'll be my second nation if I had to choose. Oh, yeah. interesting. I've got a friend whose sister's on the Welsh team, mm. so um, that's been an interesting Yeah, interesting I can imagine. Watch. Can imagine. So in terms of learning, is there something new that you've learned in the past week, whether that's work-related, not work-related? Not in the past week, but in terms of this role, um just the impacts we make like you you forget obviously as a charity the impact you can have on people's lives just by what you do it can be massive like i remember as an ambassador or when i first started with a role going in and giving a talk to a school you, you don't realize as an ambassador or as someone stood up in front of a year group representing a charity the impact you can have on them um, mm -hmm. whether that's some a student come up to you after and having kind of saying thank you or whether you've got feedback saying all they've talked about all day is oddballs uh, and, and testicles, which is basically what we're encouraging here, yeah. is, is to start conversations. So having the impact that we have as a kind of quite a young demographic ourselves as university students is quite massive and it's very rewarding as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that goes to show that if anyone is concerned about a mate or just that initial conversation of just chatting about it and trying to reduce the awkwardness that you might have around talking about your testicles and all of that kind of stuff actually that could have a really positive long-term that's that's the impact. thing that's the thing it's about breaking down that stigma as men you know we're really bad at speaking it's a real common theme in, in men that whether it's mental health 
testicular cancer health, any sort of health, we're not very good at talking about it as men and we'll kind of just shut it down. So, you know, we're really encouraging men to kind of speak out whatever the issues are, whether it's with, you know, mentally or physically, speak to someone important because obviously a, a problem shared is a problem halved and that's what we really encourage within our talks as well. Just, it doesn't have to be a friend, it doesn't have to be a parent, it could be anyone, you know, anyone you're close to in your life that you can just speak to about it because the power of that can be massive, mm. um, especially when it comes to health because, you know, if you have got an issue, the last thing you want to do is leave it and let it get worse, yeah. whether that's mentally or physically. So, um, yeah, it's really important just to kind of speak to someone about it. Definitely. And that all lends itself to the, like, the taking notice part of the five ways to wellbeing. And that can include taking notice of how you're feeling physically and also mentally. So is there, like, a quick check your balls run through that we can take our listeners through? Yep. So we have a, um, we actually have a check yourself guide. So as I said at the start, a big part of our um, role is distribution of check yourself guides. So it's basically a four step guide, uh, which is very simple. And we put them all around public areas basically to encourage uh, as little reminders to kind of check yourself. Um, so these are basically, if you want me to go through it, I can. Will yeah. that be our deal? Okay. Yeah. So hopefully um, this will be allowed by the podcasting. Well, yeah, we, we'll be able to, <laughs> we'll hopefully we can get some graphics over that you can kind of yeah, send out yeah. with it. The four step guide is obviously, um, just having a fill with your testicles, uh, with your finger and thumb. Obviously, with this, you want to be doing it in a nice warm bath or shower. Um, that just kind of helps your testicles relax and makes it easier to fill for these lumps and bumps. Have a little fill around with your thumb and finger um, very gently. And then the next thing to do would be familiarise yourself with the spermatic cord and epididymis, which are basically tube-like structures on the back of your testicles. So sometimes you might feel these and be you know, a bit wary and be like, oh, I've got something there. That's absolutely normal to have those. And obviously with that, if you do feel anything, the most important thing to do is go to your GP and kind of have a conversation with this. And we're encouraging people to do this once a month. That's all we're asking for as men, once a month to be checking yourself in the shower, in the bath, in a private place. So yeah, it's a very easy uh, four-step guide, um, which we're encouraging and hopefully we'll get, get you some graphics so you can send those out to your listeners. So Yeah, yeah definitely. Does sound really simple um, and hopefully this will be a good encouragement. If you haven't already started checking your balls, check it yourself um, and have that time in the shower or the bath, whichever yeah. is your preference. Yeah, that's it. I know some people are definitely shower people. So. Yeah, I'm a shower person. I'm yeah. A shower person. yeah, but if you enjoy a bath, nothing wrong with that either. But also with the mental health side of things of taking notice, what are some of the things that you notice that you do to kind of look after your mental health, process yeah. things? Um, for me, it's about clearing my head, I think, is a big part of it. I can get quite probably clogged up with you know everything I have going on and whether it's you know the rugby or, or the kind of work side of things so um it's a similar sort of thing go and get a bit of fresh air clear your mind um you know just get out and about and kind of as I said you can get quite enclosed when you're in an office space or when you're in a workspace so clearing my mind is really important by just putting on a podcast maybe going for a walk um and just getting a bit of fresh air really that's the best way i find of doing it yeah you know, I, I love going out and about and seeing a bit of nature so yeah that's probably my way of doing it have you got a top bit of music that you like listening to um i'm i'm quite a simple guy really i'm, I'm probably listening to kind of similar things to what everyone listens to at my age um maybe a few classics every now and then but yeah <laughs> few bangers few from bangers. The... i always find that whenever i listen to things like history I'm like, this didn't come out that long ago. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. I'm like, oh, no, it did. No, that's it. That's <laughs> I graduated it. from my undergrad 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, and now that stuff is coming on the radio. It's like history. I'm like, I'm not that old. But 
Yeah. I'm still more of a radio onslaught person, so radio it's all right. Keep it radio. simple. And then the final way to well-being is to give. So part of giving is maybe giving up of your time or giving up of your knowledge. And obviously you do a lot of that as part of the charity and managing your two roles. If there was an encouragement maybe for other people who were interested in maybe giving part of their time for sharing the Oddballs Foundation yep. message, what are some of the simple things that they can do? It goes back to that starting conversation. Um, so whether that's, you know, just talking about your sort of health in general. So whether that's encouraging people to be checking themselves. Obviously, we have loads of social media stuff online. If you have a look at the Oddballs Foundation on Instagram, we have loads of stuff. So obviously, you can get involved with our campaigns. We have loads of social media campaigns that we get along with. But the most simple and effective way is breaking down that stigma by starting conversations because it's all about destigmatizing these topics with a lot of things in life. And testicular cancer is another one of those things where it's about breaking down those stigmas associated with testicular cancer and making it more of a common talking point in society. So if you wanted to get involved, that's the most simple way. But obviously, there's more extravagant ways such as fundraising or um, other things like that as well. Basically, check out your socials. Check out socials. Check out the website. That's it. Buy a pair of Oddballs underwear and some of that will get donated. And people, if you see, if you're wearing them, show and just kind of explain what they're about as well, because that's always a good talking point. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Thank you for listening to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. You can find us on social media. We are chatter.boxpodcast or you can link to us from the Wolfpack Project website, which is thewolfpackproject.org.uk. We'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned. So do engage with us. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode. So Josh, we know one in two people are likely to be diagnosed with cancer every year and obviously testicular cancer will make up that stat. Mm. Um, so roughly how many people are diagnosed each year? Roughly it's around 2,000 people each year diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, this is a figure that's kind of doubled since the 80s and that's only because you would like to think it's because people are checking a bit more, you'd like to think, um, becoming more aware of their health. So. There's more people being diagnosed, maybe because there's more check around testicular cancer, but it's most common in the age range between 15 and 49. So that's why a lot of our, well, we run our ambassador program because it's such a young population that are really mm. applicable to kind of the populations that we want to be targeting. You know, having university students really allows us to kind of target the age range where we want to kind of be educating and bringing this kind of issue to the forefront. So um, 15 to 49 is actually the kind of age range where testicular cancer is hitting hard uh, and around 2,000 people each year are diagnosed with testicular cancer. Gosh, that's probably quite a lot more than we maybe people realise. Yep. Partly because as you've talked about, stigma around chatting about, checking your testicles and that whole thing is probably not something that people are particularly open with talking about and so it's probably quite a hidden number that people aren't as Yeah, well. it's not just that either. It's not the number, it's, it's the facts that people don't kind of underestimate that is it's known as the young men cancer for a reason i've been in schools where you know a 15 14 year old has had testicular cancer and i've also been in businesses where you know uh, there might have been an older kind of colleague who's had testicular cancer so it's a, it's kind of making people aware that even though you're young you can still get this this cancer and it is real common in that sort of younger age range as well so whenever you kind of whenever i started out for the foundation you probably don't realise or you don't think about, oh, 15, 16, this is not something I'm going to have to worry about. 
Um, but actually it, it can really affect these sort of younger generations as well. So mm-hmm. I remember when I first was was a kind of in school, I always had these sort of talks from like a head of science or something yeah. like that, an older guy. And you kind of, even though you listen to the, what's being told to you, you probably don't take it in because you kind of thinking, passing it by and thinking this isn't something that will affect me. But when you have a student who's 20, 21, 22 coming in and kind of telling you that it affects people from kind of year nine all the way up, um, it kind of hits home then and hopefully that's what we're trying to educate people is that you, we need to be checking ourselves regularly as younger men um, and kind of make it part of our lifestyle because it can affect these kind of younger generations as well. So we've talked about checking balls with finger and thumb, checking for any lumps and bumps, yep. checking the blood vessels around the back, making sure that they're okay. What are some of the other signs or symptoms that young men might notice? Yeah, so the most common uh, kind of feeling for the lumps, bumps, um, others include painless swellings, so lumps, bumps and painless swellings are the main uh, symptoms, but others include increased firmness, dull aches or sharp pains, they kind of may come and go, and also feelings of heaviness, but as men, you know, everyone has their own set of testicles, everyone's different in terms of their human body, and it's kind of one of those things where if something doesn't feel right as a man, it's really worth speaking to someone, maybe getting yourself checked, because even though they're the most common symptoms, if something doesn't feel right personally, that's kind of a reason to go and speak to someone about it and maybe go down the GP sort of route and get yourself checked that way. So yeah, lumps, bumps, painless swellings are the main things, but also include feelings of heaviness, dull aches and sharp pains that may come and go as well. They're really straightforward things that people can look out for. Um, and then in terms of kind of conversations with GPs um, it's always advisable to try and ring up in the first instance and you can request a male GP if you're more comfortable with that um, at your local surgery hopefully um, they'll be able to give you that option. You're going there to get the best advice and guidance and hopefully it will be a case of if there's nothing there or if it is there you've caught it early yeah. and the, you can follow the procedures through. That's That's really important as well is that the, the cancer itself is very curable if caught early. So 98 to 99% of men who are diagnosed with testicular cancer are actually cured of testicular cancer. And so it's one of those things where, you know, people are losing their lives, but it's such a curable cancer that people don't need to be losing their lives over this cancer. So, yeah, that's why it's really important that this self-check and speaking to someone is kind of something that you're doing. And in terms of going to your GP, I, I've been to my GP, I have my testicles checked before they would have seen hundreds of testicles in their lifetime and it's not something that they won't be familiar with. So, and they're very kind of nice, make it um, comfortable for you. So yeah, it's absolutely nothing to be worried about at all, nothing to be nervous about, nothing to feel comfortable about. Going to your GP is the best thing you can do. Definitely. And the medics that I know would rather see everything is all okay, but you've had that thought to just go and check rather than you waited and waited and waited and then actually they need to do something because something is wrong. So take it from both of us. Go go see your medical professional if you ever feel like anything is ever wrong. Um, or if you know that a mate is maybe concerned, encourage them to go get checked exactly as well. Because exactly it's that. that whole accountability of we're only as good as how we would treat ourselves and so therefore we need to treat other people in that same vein. So the kind of wrap up 
chat with Josh and um, we thought it'd be a good opportunity to maybe take some recommendations from Josh of things that he's either read, listened to, watched, that kind of thing that then might inspire um, you guys, our listeners, to maybe try something new. So Josh, what's something that you have read recently that you've enjoyed? I'm a big fan of a um, bloke called James Smith who's basically a once was uh, an office worker turned into a personal trainer and now is a little bit of a life coach but a very tongue-in-cheek sort of um, character and he's got a couple of books out and his original book's called uh, Not a Life Coach. It's a real good kind of humorous book with a lot of seriousness on you know how to improve yourself, how to go for your goals, how to get the best out of your well-being. So um, James Smith, Not a Life Coach is a real good book I've been reading recently. Interesting, interesting. And anything that you've been listening to that you could recommend? Um, in terms of... Could be music, podcasts, could be, podcast, yep. be audiobook. So in terms of podcasts I've been listening to, um, I do quite a lot of driving and obviously on my little walks that I go on, um, the High Performance Podcast, uh, which is basically a podcast which is all about high performance in different aspects of life. So um, the guests on there are either you know big CEOs of companies um, or professional athletes or entrepreneurs um, or life coaches or anyone kind of from different backgrounds and it's all about kind of defining high performance how high performance is defined to them um, and talking about their experiences so I'd really give that recommend giving that a listen to especially if you're looking kind of, of growing a business growing yourself as a person growing yourself as an athlete so yeah that's a real good one to listen to. Mm, sounds really interesting, especially getting different people's opinions on what high performance means to them. Yeah. Because um, I imagine everyone's got their own idea in their head. So that sounds really cool. And then if you were going to get a takeaway this week from anywhere, where would you, what would you get and where would it be from? I would probably get a curry, actually, to be fair. Um, do a curry, I think. Uh, nice Indian takeaway. Um, but I, to be fair, there's one place in Nottingham which I love going to, and it's called 4,550 Miles from Delhi. Um, May Marion Way? May Marion Way, yeah. Yeah. Great place, great establishment. Um, you know, real good curry from there. Uh, I take my parents there when they come up, and it's always good after uh, after a game of rugby as well, so yeah. Do you have a particular type of curry that you go for, I'm, like a tikka or a sag? Or... I'm, a, I'm a simple man. I'm a chicken tikka masala sort of man. I'm very simple in that sort of aspect, but... Go in there, you know, there's loads of stuff on the menus, loads of different tandoori dishes and stuff like that. So love it there. Very welcome there as well. Sounds good. So if anyone wants to know where that is, it's on Maid Marion Way near the cycle shop. And yes, that's it. Bus stops right outside, I think. Yeah, I believe so. You could probably Just... jump on and off there. Yeah. You have to probably roll on and off by the end of it. But yeah. <laughs> so they sound like... A great book, a great podcast and potential good curry options. So just to recap our chat, I feel like we have covered a lot of ground in a short space of time. So you're from the Oddballs Foundation. How can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more? Yeah, so if they want to find out more about the Oddballs Foundation, you can go to our Instagram page, uh, which is at OddballsFDN um, is our caption on that is our name tag um and just have a look at what we do on there have a look through uh the work we do from a charitable side of things uh whether that's people doing fundraisers for us we always put loads of content up of our ambassadors uh delivering talks around the country um loads of stuff to do with our ambassador program and obviously as the festival's coming up in may um we're starting to get a lot of content out from last year's festival to kind of show you 
what's going to be happening this year. And so the festival that's happening on Saturday, the 27th of May, at Nottingham Rugby Club. Yep. What time can people arrive and stay till? Uh, it's an all-day event, so um, I think the first games will be around 9am. Um, we'll be going all, all, on all day and in the evening, hopefully we'll get some live music, DJ. So it should be a good, good day out um, for all all day long, really. We'll, we'll be there. So come down, have a beer, have some food with us. Um, be prepared in case it rains. Well, let's not let's not wish that. Let's not put that out in the atmosphere because we've had a good couple of years of it recently. Last year was great weather-wise, so hopefully it stays the same. Long may it rain. And then we have encouraged people to be checking their testicles, checking in with their mates if there's anything wrong um, or they're concerned about anything at all to go chat with their GP. Is there anything else as a key takeaway that you want? If our listeners forget everything else, that you would want them to take away from this message? Um, if they forget everything else, it's just the simple stuff. So if there's anything wrong um, in life in general, with your body in general, speak to someone about it. Speak to someone close to you, whether that's a family member, a friend, a loved one, whoever it is, speak to them about it. Um, and don't just let it eat you up inside because that's the worst thing you can do, especially as men. The worst thing we can do is not speak to someone. So any issues, speak to someone in your life and also around testicular cancer, let's try and make it more of an open talking point and break down the stigmas associated with it. Sounds like a great takeaway. And if in doubt, ask your mates twice. Don't let them go on just the one the one question. Keep asking if you're yeah, concerned about a mate. So thank you, Josh, for joining us on the Chatterbox podcast. All of the links and things that we've mentioned, social media stuff will hopefully be in the description that you can find on your podcast platforms. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Chatterbox, a podcast by the Wolfpack Project. You can find us on social media. We are chatter.boxpodcast or you can link to us from the Wolfpack Project website, which is wolfpackproject.org.uk. We'd love to hear how the conversation has inspired you or things that you've learned. So do engage with us. Do also remember to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you download your podcast from so that you never miss a new episode.